Welcome to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. You know, this episode and the next one are going to be a little bit different in that we're going to dive just a little bit deeper than normal. I'm speaking with Brian Everts, who leads the development of natural language processing for the Unisys IntelliServe platform. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thanks, Weston. Happy to be here. Obviously, here on this podcast, we're hearing about, uh, in the digital workplace, how you're using natural language processing for our IntelliServe platform and making support more intelligent. Uh, how does that work exactly? Uh, I guess, you know, three examples from the top of my head. Uh, we're using it to uh, understand and, and extract intents, right? So an intent is, is an issue a customer might, might be having. Um, we're using it for uh, the creation of uh, knowledge articles and looking for like emerging issues that uh, aren't quite documented yet. And we're also using it to intelligently route help desk tickets. Well, let's talk about each of those in a little bit more detail. I think it's important to look at kind of the, the life cycle of a help desk incident. So if I'm a user and I have a problem, uh, the first thing that has to happen is I have to type in the chat, hey, I, I can't log into my VPN. Um, the second thing that has to happen is Amelia has to actually understand what a VPN is, right? You know, what's the intent that is to be drawn from that piece of chat text, right? What's the, what's the underlying issue? And then she needs to be able to um, intelligently route that ticket. So that, that's the first step. The, the second step is, okay, so it's, it's a new customer. You know, what if Amelia isn't trained yet uh, entirely on every issue that a customer has? So in that case, we need to have a backup system where we need to have some machine learning algorithms um, that in the case that Amelia can't figure it out, uh, she can route that request to us. And okay, based on this piece of chat text, what's the most probable resolver group? Uh, so that's, that's kind of the second piece on how we can, you know, kind of optimize the whole uh, ticket routing and life cycle of, a, of an incident. Um, so, you know, another interesting point is, you know, when we look at the differences in, in data across customers, um, you know, customers call, they refer to things in different ways. So we, we might all know that VPN is a virtual private network. Um, but, you know, for example, maybe at Unisys, they call it Unisys Connect or, um, you know, NetConnect or what, what's, uh, what, what's the, the new one, Pulse Secure, right? So these are all kind of synonyms for the same thing, right? And, and they're going to come up in different ways in, in, in chats and in users' requests to, to fix an issue. So we also need to figure out how to link those terms together and to be able to resolve issues appropriately. Okay. I'm a person needing help. I interact with IntelliServe. I talk with Amelia or I chat with her and I'm describing a problem with my VPN and she gets me to a solution. That sounds so simple, but I've got to believe there was maybe weeks or months worth of work that went on ahead of time. I mean, can you explain a little bit what goes on under the hood to make that happen? Yeah, exactly. And that's a great question. So, um, you know, when we talk about machine learning algorithms, they're just algorithms, right? They're just kind of dumb algorithms. And, and in order to train them to uh, predict good, meaningful answers, we need to have pretty big data sets. The data is probably the most important part of data science. So one of the things that, uh, that we can do is we can take uh, from a customer, um, you know, all of their previous ticket data or chat data, you know, work notes, um, KB articles, and kind of crunch that text data through some algorithms uh, and, and find uh, different connections between terms, issues, uh, help desk queues, resolver groups, and that type of thing. And we can also train our algorithms that way. So when it comes to the Amelia pipeline, 
uh, one of the most important things we have to do is we have to take historical chat data and we have to run it through what's called our IntelliMiner. And what this does is it basically you know, uses some natural language processing along with some, some pattern matching and some other type of you know, graphical techniques to kind of mine out uh, intents and issues from this you know, massive set of chat data, right? And from that, we create a labeled data set and, and that labeled data sets then used to train the, the machine learning algorithms that are either our custom machine learning algorithms or the machine learning algorithms that are part of Amelia. Well, that's a great high level explanation. I'm just wondering if you could go in a little bit more detail and you know, connect the dots between the ultimate action that's gonna take place, the resolution backing up to the intent and then backing up to the different utterances that are, you know, all the different ways people might say something to make a request. You know, for example, I need to reset my VPN, my VPN's not working, or you know, Pulse isn't working, all the examples you gave. How do we get from that to really a, an action? Yeah, so there's a couple of different steps in there, right? So, I mean, first there's just looking at a sentence, um, right? So we have to be able to parse a sentence and say, okay, I can't log into my VPN, for example, right? So, you know, noun verb object i uh, can't log in is the verb and then vpn is the object right so we want to look at parsing them into what's called dependency trees uh, it's a linguistic term and you know from that we can look for patterns what are the most frequent objects right the things that are acted upon right or what are the most frequent subjects what are the most uh, frequent verbs and from that we can pull out okay what, what are your most frequent issues what words are associated with, with those issues, with those products. Uh, and then we can start to build out that data set to train, the data set of intents and issues and products that uh, we can use to then train our algorithms, right? From there, we, we can, we pull in a ticket data set, okay? And we have to link chat session to a ticket that's in service now or, or you know, Remedy or whatever system a customer uses. We have to link them somehow because we want to know the, the entire ticket started with this chat session. Uh, a ticket was open, there's a ticket number. And then in that ticket record in the database, there's a resolver group, right? So a big part of this is linking all of that data together uh, so that then once we get that chat with the intents and the keywords in there, we have the answer, right? We, we know where that historical ticket was routed to, so we can then train our model on that. Okay, so if I understood things correctly, you collect a pile of, of utterances, different ways of saying, I want help with something. You map that to an intent, you train Amelia on that, and Amelia then gets you to the right resolver group or action. And I think we're done, right? Well, you know, it, it's not quite that simple. It, it never <laughs> is. I mean, and again, it, it's always about the data, right? So um, when we're looking to create a data set, um, you know, with the IntelliMiner, you know, we have to build a data set of, okay, what are the, the real, the positive utterances? You know, what are the actual utterances we're looking for, right? But then in order to have the machine learning algorithms actually learn that, we also need, okay, what are some negative utterances, right? So what are some utterances that might be uh, similar and might contain the word VPN, uh, but don't exactly apply to the same problem. It's not a VPN intent. It could be a password intent. It could be something else, but it's definitely not a, a, a can't log into my VPN intent. So we had to create that part of the data set too. Uh, and then additionally, we need to create some noise, right? So that would be what's called the, um, the out of domain utterances. So the, you know, the, the, the training set is comprised of all three data sets, if you will, of, you know, your positive utterances, your negative utterances, and now your out of domain utterances. Like my car won't start. Right, that has nothing to do with VPN or even IT, <laughs> for example. So, yeah, it's it's you know I, I wish it was uh, as easy as they advertise on TV, but it it just isn't. 
<laughs> well, this is helpful understanding really what's going on behind the scenes to make make this happen. I mean, when I when I call in or talk to Amelia and say, "Hey, my VPN's not connecting properly," and she gets me to the resolution, I can appreciate a bit more all the work that went behind making that solution possible. Well, that's pretty cool. Are there any other areas in the life cycle of an incident that natural language processing may play a role? Sure. As we accumulate knowledge and as we learn, we obviously get some feedback into the system over time. And through that process, we, you know, if we start seeing new issues emerge, uh, what we can do then is we can be a little proactive and we can say, hey, this is actually an issue now. We have you know, X number of cases and we should probably create a KB article out of this. So we can do things like, like that, like KB article generation, et cetera. So I'm trying to picture what's the output of this. When I think of creating a knowledge article, I'll say doing it from scratch with a human, and let's say um, I've got a very specific problem with the Pulse VPN, that Outlook is not working in the Pulse VPN. And let's say that there is some setting change I have to make with Outlook. The expert figures out that this is indeed the problem I have, and then would guide me through step one, open up Outlook, step two, go to the options, step three, go to the configuration, make sure you have admin access, uh, change this setting, click this radio button, click OK, restart Outlook, test again. Is that the type of thing that is produced by this process you're talking about? Yeah, it definitely can be, right? Because all of the data is in, in the ticket. It's all in the work notes. So how, how an issue was resolved. Um, so, so yeah, natural language processing can definitely be applied to, um, you know, looking at those set of tickets that deal with a certain issue, looking through the work notes um, and, and finding the, the, the key patterns in there uh, and then applying them to, to creating a KB article. What I'm hearing is natural language processing, you are using it both on the, the front end side, so training Amelia so that it can recognize that I have a specific problem, such as you know problem with my Pulse VPN. And then secondly, even the creation of a knowledge article that Amelia or a human or myself or a script could walk through to um, resolve that problem. So both the detection and the resolution, NLP plays a role in both. Exactly. So we've talked about natural language processing. Are there other aspects of artificial intelligence that we're using with uh, IntelliServe or even thinking ahead of the future that we might use in the future? You know, now that we have, you know, tons of compute power, uh, we can take something like the Wikipedia data set and we can run that through uh, a model and, and it basically looks at the, all the words in the model and where they fall in relationship to other words. So, right, so what this really allows us to do, this is really fascinating. So you can do like actual mathematical calculations like king minus man plus woman equals queen. Oh, wow, that's cool. That, that's pretty amazing, right? The semantics. Yeah, exactly. So that, you know, that we're really starting to get a uh, natural language understanding as you start to, you know, to learn the relationships between words, right? That's kind of that next step. So, um, I mean, that, that's kind of where the, the field's going. They've been out for a couple of years um, and, and people are starting to apply them to solve problems. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated with, you know, kind of the next step beyond that, um, which I think is, is going to be one step closer to really true artificial intelligence. And I think that's kind of the combination between um, probabilistic graphs and things like word vector models, right? So in, in my humble opinion, I, I kind of think that's where it's going. And, and that's where, you know, at Unisys, that's where we're trying to, to push some of our research to, uh, to go. 
So when you marry those two together, the probabilistic graphs and the word vector models, what, what do you expect to achieve? I mean, why is that going to be so important and groundbreaking? Cool. So the, the really great things about graphs um, it, is that it, it's, it's kind of a different data model. Right. So if we look at tabular data models, um, you know, you have a, a database with a bunch of tables and you have keys pointing in different directions. Well, what graphs allow you to do, it's, it's a bit um, a bit more flexible. Right. So your, your data is stored as either a node or an edge. So an, a node is is a thing. It's an entity that you care about. And the edge goes between nodes. Uh, and that's a, a relationship between nodes. Right. So in this case, we can look at things like, um, you know, VPN and words that are related to VPN, you know, like connection, VPN connection. Uh, and then you can look at, okay, what's, what's also related to connection is network, corporate network, right? And then you can make connections to VPN, connection, corporate network. You can connect that to like, you know, what tickets are related to that? You know, what issues do I have that are related to those things? Okay. Like can't, can't log in other issues. And you can start to build this kind of, uh, you know, network that, that starts to, you know, kind of resemble human logic and how we connect different problems, issues, and, and uh, entities. So why do we care? Why is connecting VPN with network, with corporate network, what do we do with that once we understand those connections? That's a great question. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so let me think of how, how I want to phrase this. Um, and sure. Um, so, you know, I think tying together graph structures with traditional machine learning is, is going to be very powerful because, uh, you know, a graph structure allows us to represent knowledge in different ways, ways that are different than a traditional tabular database is good at representing, right? So tabular bases can, databases are good at representing, um, you know, a table like a transaction table, right? You know, so, you know, I went and I, I shopped at Amazon and, uh, you know, every month I, I buy XYZ, right? Uh, whereas, you know, knowledge graph, um, you're really kind of connecting concepts, ideas, issues um, in a different way. And so the, the main data structure in a knowledge graph is, is a, a node and an edge, right? So a node could be an entity and an edge is how an entity relates to another entity or set of entities, right? So let's take a look at an example of how that can be used in the ITSM setting. I type in, I'm at home and I can't log into my VPN. Right. So in reality, that could be multiple issues there. I mean, you could have a problem with uh, the software version of your VPN. It could be a password issue. Right. Um, it could be a settings issue in, in the VPN. Something could have changed on the back end. Who, who knows? I mean, there's probably a hundred different things it could be. Right. So how do we narrow that down? Or at least at the very least, how do we know what follow up questions we need to ask? Right. So we can do that through knowledge graphs when we take a data set from a corpus of uh, help desk tickets and run that through a knowledge graph and look at the grammatical relationships in those sentences. I can't log into my VPN, right? So I know VPN is, is acted upon. It's an object that's acted upon. So it's an entity. And then the, the relationship between VPN and other things is, is, you know, log in is one of those relationships, right? So then what we can do is we can say, okay, what else is connected to log in? There's, there's, Password, right, is connected to login. There's network is connected to login, right? What else is connected to VPN? Well, there's a software version, there's settings, right? So there's all these concepts and ideas that are connected to VPN and logging in that we can use in, in a probabilistic way to say, what's okay, what's the most probable 
issue that this person is having and then send a, a follow-up question based on that, right? So it helps us to, to keep the automation pipeline going, right? So we don't have to then, if, if Amelia can't figure out this answer, um, you know, we can send a follow-up question as opposed to just saying, oh, you know, we don't know the answer, we'll send you to a, a live agent. So if I'm thinking about it as a human, I've got multiple possible causes of a problem and I've probably got them in some sort of priority and that priority may change depending on context and whom I'm speaking with and what they're doing and where they're at. So going back to the VPN example, if, if I was an expert in that and somebody was saying, hey, I need help with my VPN, I'm going to be thinking, first of all, the most common problem that the average user might have the password is out of date or something like that. But because I've got these multiple connections in my brain, I'm not limited to that. I may even start off with a question to you, uh, you know, have you had a problem in logging in, uh, you know, to the, to the computer itself or to something else? And then we can see if there's a, you know, some problem with identity management, or if that, you know, doesn't pan out, I've still got other nodes that I can connect to or paths edges, using the right terms here. Yep, exactly. <laughs> other, yep. other relationships. I've got additional relationships to other possible causes, which might be, um, you know, their home router, or it could be um, something in the cloud, or the software version is out of date on their device, or a compatibility problem. So four or five different problems of varying likelihood, and I'm not stuck with, well, that first thing didn't work. I've got multiple options and I could even bypass options with additional questions, you know, having those relationships in mind. Yeah, that's, that's actually a great summary. Um, you should be a data scientist. You looking for a job? <laughs> <laughs> I can see where that type of technology is really important in providing the difference between a, a, a transactional chatbot versus, you know, a true conversational intelligent virtual agent. I can, it's, it's an important capability, isn't it? It, yeah, very, very much so. A lot of those chatbots, as you said, they are transactional. I mean, they're programmed to do pattern matching. So when they, you know, hear the word order, uh, you know, th there's a certain set of other, you know, they're waiting to hear other words. They're waiting to hear what you want to order, for example. So it's, it's very, very kind of static, if you will. Um, you know, whereas what we're aiming for is much more dynamic. And, and when you think about how the human brain works, you know, we have associations between things. So then we're kind of, it's a closer approximation of uh, human reasoning that's being applied to natural language processing. And that is a very important part of automation going forward. How do we get closer to mimicking the power of human reasoning in solving business and IT problems? So I think on that note, we'll bring this episode to a close. And we'll invite our listeners to join us for the next session where Brian will talk about what makes natural language processing so difficult. And he'll also share some shortcuts that he's applying to overcome those challenges. And for those of you hardcore AI types, Brian will also talk about supervised versus unsupervised machine learning, sequential models, long short-term memory networks. Yeah, that's why we call this podcast the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. Brian, thanks for your time, and we'll see you again in a week. Oh, my pleasure, Weston. It's uh, great to be here and, and uh, have the opportunity to explain natural language processing to everybody. You've been listening to the Digital Workplace Deep Dive. I'm your host, Weston Morris. Thanks for listening.